Hi everyone, thanks for joining us in this latest Simply podcast. Um, I am joined by the fantastic Tor Phillips, assistant producer at DRP Group. Um, you might be familiar with DRP Group because they are the team behind the Simply Summit this year, which we have had fantastic feedback um, from. And um, when I was certainly on site, one of the things that I was very conscious of is that I actually feel that producing virtual events is harder and more challenging and more time consuming than per, than um, producing in-person events. So I thought it'd be a nice idea to invite Tor to join us today to talk a bit about virtual events and producing them and all the stuff that we need to think about to produce a really cracking internal event. So Tor, thank you ever so much for joining me today. I really appreciate having you on the call. No, thanks for having me. Tell us a bit about what you do there, what your role is. So my role here at DRP Group is I'm an assistant producer, so I mainly support the um, producers and the project directors, and I also run the smaller events as well, producing them. How did you get into events? Oh, well, um, (laughs) I actually actually fell into it, really weirdly enough. My uh, background is all in entertainment. Um, So I studied musical theatre at uni um, and then just found a love of seeing basically audience engagement, the finished product, seeing things come together. And that's more so in creating a great experience for the audience. Um, Yeah, that's how it all that's how it all fell in. And then um, stumbled across a couple of event jobs and then just worked through different um, areas. So originally at DRP, I was in the project management team um, and then started seeing a bit more of an insight in the producer team and I was like that is so much more up my street <laughs> absolutely um, just basically seeing the finished product come together um, but yeah so that's how I got into it. Well you did an absolutely cracking job at the Simply Summit a couple of weeks ago um, yeah. Tor was our main producer on the day and she was everywhere and doing everything for us so huge thank you from the Simply team again to you and DRP for for supporting us with that. Um, Obviously 2020 has been quite the year and things have changed beyond all recognition. Now how long have you been with DRP group? Were you with the the group team before Covid hit? Oh yes I was, um, I joined DRP back in 2017 as I said, in the project management team. And then I moved over to the producer team and project direction in September last year. So before the, the, the dreaded pandemic, before any of that hit, um, yes. So I did have a yeah. few live events uh, in the producer role before, um, but then obviously now everything's virtual, everything's broadcast. It really is, isn't it? So how has this, how has it impacted you and in, not only from a DRPG perspective, but also you and your role. What's been the biggest shift this year? I think the biggest shift I remember uh, when there was all these talks of this coronavirus going round, and you were like, mm, <laughs> "That's well, more thing. That's more thing." <laughs> um, and we had a one of our our biggest events of the year cancel within a week um, because of the coronavirus, um, oh, no. and it was at the NEC. And yeah, I think this is when you were like this is real now this isn't just something that's you're hearing on the news this is this is something that's hitting home um the turmoil and the uncertainty for everyone and just the way that live events were just completely disappearing out of everybody's calendars and then 
you kind of, I'm very much a positive person. You've got to think of it and you've got to twist it. There was so much more opportunity. And it's like, how can we come out this? How can we do this and get a sort of an event, um, whether it's, you know, obviously we were going to go virtual, but how can we push the boundaries and can we try new things and we can get so many great opportunities coming out of this? I completely agree. I think certainly us here at Simply, we saw it as a huge opportunity to to really test the muscle of what technology can do. But with that comes a lot of new skills and and training. What's yes. the difference between produce in your experience from producing a an in person live event versus a virtual event? And how did you go about upskilling yourself and the rest of the team to to be able to achieve what you wanted to achieve? I think. What we had to do is from the virtual side, we had to be, obviously you think about content anyway, but you have to be more in on the content wise. You have to think of the creativity behind it and you need to have the content and the creativity to guide you. Um, not Obviously you've got the technology and you need to be so equipped with the latest technology around, but that the content needs to guide you through the technology, not the technology guide you through the content mm-hmm. wise. Um, I think what we did here, we are so fortunate as in, so the company started 40 years ago this year um, and it was a film company. So our background has always been video here and we were upskilled from uh, directors board and all the board members through virtual experience. We got um, assigned buddies um, in our video team and in our digital team. So we had that guidance throughout the whole whole of like a transition from the pre-work to the live the virtual side mm. it's it's great and the support here and the guidance has been second to none mm. you know i things i would have never ever thought about in a live scenario is camera angles and framing and stuff like that and now it's like this is my output so this is what i need to portray as in a so a delegate at home watching a virtual broadcast, mm. the attention span is so tiny compared to somebody in a live room. In a live room, you could chuck a song on and you're absolutely fine. You know, you've got that buffer. <laughs> However, if they're at home by themselves watching the thing and something, you haven't, you need to keep it going. Everything's very fast paced. The turnaround is much quicker. Um, it's, it's a lot more thought behind it, but having the experience here and obviously like being I think like our digital team they're like award-winning so we've got that route and that support and having that guidance which then obviously you know we can help our clients achieve the best results. Now you mentioned that you had a buddy scheme um when you guys transitioned um correct me if I'm wrong but does that mean then you had a an in-person event team and a video team and they were quite different or was there any yeah. overlap between them? So there's overlap all the time. And obviously, when you, if you go back to live events, you know, you'll have like an, an opening video or something or a, an on-site edit. That sure. will be part of the video team. And that's where the producer will brief in. And in regards to having the clients, well, we support the client in regards to achieving their vision of what they want. Opening videos and on-site edits are always two of my favourite things in regards to an event because it kind of sets the day up and it also shows you how like the event ran in a day in like a three minute video um but we had that we have that buddy system in place now so you've got that support bringing it past side now we're quite lucky as in we've done broadcast for the last 10 years and more so over the last five years so yeah. this really it was just given as a on a producer level that more insight into the broadcast what yeah. world 
if you like. Yeah. So what's the, I mean, what do you think the biggest difference is then producing uh, large scale virtual events and large scale in-person events? As I mentioned at the start, I, I actually find large scale virtual events more challenging because there's more layers of communication that you need to go through to get things right and get things to the right people, at least from my experience. Uh, and I'm certainly not saying we cracked it at the summit, but from a production I think perspective... We d- I think we did, a ve- we did a very, very good job at the summit. <laughs> I will say that. Thank you, Torva, jumping in on that one. That wasn't <laughs> seeded, but thank you. And I, I, I think it was brilliant, but, you know, I am not objective. Um, so, but... but on a, on a serious note, I, th- I do I do feel like it was it took a lot more involvement and a lot more um, sort of crunchy deadlines with lots more people to because you, know, you can't see people in a room, especially when you're trying to get people to network or get their briefing books out. It's really difficult. But what do you think then have been the fundamental are the fundamental differences between said those two events, like large scale virtual events and large scale in person events? I mean, what's where were the gaps in your own knowledge and skills? So my gaps, I think, is the fact that with the live, obviously, you have the captive audience who are focused on the experience, whereas virtual, they can be completely surrounded by distractions. I mean, you could have loose women on in the background, you know, it's that you've got the dog, you go make yourself a cup of tea, the doorbell rings, you've got all that and you need to, you want to do the best that you can and you want to portray the best sort of virtual experience, but it can be interactive, it can be two way, just to make sure that you've got that engagement level from them um I think the other thing is uh wi-fi connectivity I mean you could go back down to all of those yeah of course if if their wi-fi is not great it can really affect their experience of their the virtual event yeah absolutely now you mentioned on that um attention spans so again with the summit the way that we approached it we had 20 minute slots now I know that not everyone feels like this is enough time to get into something but I'm quite a fan of looking at learning theory and applying it to to virtual environments because I think as you say you know we don't we don't it's so easy for us to get distracted what's best practice in terms of when we're curating content for large-scale virtual events what timing should we be looking at how long should an event be any practical tips do's and don'ts that you've learned and could share with us yeah so I would say what we what you guys did at the Simply Summit for 20 minutes you've got people's attention for 20 minutes I think sat people are sat behind a computer screen all day every day now in regards to the current situation and current restrictions in place but if you go I think if you go anything over 45 minutes mm you're zoning out you, yeah. you are and I've 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 done that I've been it like you know if I'm sat there for over an hour and you're just like oh well no one can see me because I can turn my camera off if you're on a team school you know as long as you can hear and talk there's that way of getting distracted so easily but I think for a short amount of time you want it direct you want it punchy um have those like other interactive features though like you guys did so you've got like polls and questions and answers that keeps people more intrigued and they want to pay attention you know they are they feel like they're involved and they feel like they're there because they're having you know if your questions asked to the presenter or you know the panel member and then the answers directly to you and if it like when you guys read out the who the question was from you said the name was as well and it just gives that more personal experience like they are there in the room yeah, so well. talking there around, you know, making sure it 
keeping it personalised where you can, so involving the, the viewer or listening, um, interactivity, keeping your content short, sharp and focused. Would you say those are the three key points? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think if you've got anything that can, you can work that too, because I think, you know, when we first started to go into this, we we had a, like our at DRP, we have a very simple like we had started with a you know a simple portal where you could do question and answers, and then you know it's now developed into a whole big, completely different thing. You know, you've got your polls, you've got your quizzes. You know, we've done yeah. lockdown dine-ins, we've got like virtual quizzes. You know, as much as like you did on your family at Zoom when you were at home and during lockdown on a Friday and Saturday night with a glass of wine. It's, there's so much more, you know, potential with technology to have that engagement with the viewer at home and make them feel included. Because I think one thing when you look at the wider picture, people are, you know, are struggling with like loneliness, even when you're working from home and mm. you can be on Teams calls. It's not having that interaction with human beings, you know, and I think that would really, those bits really help and support and also if you're wanting to get data, um, so as a client, if you're wanting to get certain data, you want certain surveys to be asked, and you can get that information by doing these sort of things and getting that, just that full engagement. I'm, I know I've realised I've just said engagement how many times. Uh, <laughs> it's physical term. Thought, I know. I'm just thinking, like, what else can I say it as? But that's literally it. You just yeah. want them to feel part of it as you do at a live event. I mean, there's nothing better when you go to a live event and you walk through the doors and it's all wow and sets and everything you need to still try and get that excitement for yeah. a viewer at home 100 percent. now let's talk about engagement because we banned the term engagement round a lot but yeah. it differs from business to business and what it means now how i i mean do you guys have a methodology or have a recommendation in terms of so we're we're organizing internal events within our own organizations how are some of your clients perhaps measuring levels of engagement what data are you able to see that determines whether um people are are, are viewing and engaged with it or not so i, I think yeah sorry sorry i could say i could talk about it from simply some perspective it'd be interesting to hear how you're seeing it more broadly yeah, so on our like on our digital side, on our digital platforms, we produce stuff where like analytics. So if we go back to mm. uh, the Big Talk World, is what we did here, um, which is like our internal comms event. You, we could have analytics in regards to what sort of hotspots, who those people, those people were hitting in the world. So mm. we can see what they engaged in, how long they spent on those hotspots as well, what sort of things interested them and we can provide that all for a client so we can say how many people voted in a poll how many people asked questions how many people joined in the quiz how many people signed in how many people signed off early if it is you know people do and then in regards to the hotspots that really we can generate that information and for a client perspective if especially if it's more of a sales side if it's yeah. not that side of things um you can literally say okay this person hit this we can target them with this information, this sales pitch, because we can tell from what they clicked on and how long they spent there. That's the information that they need and we could get a sale yeah. out of this. And I guess internally, if you're thinking about internal audiences, by looking at what people perhaps are clicking on within your intranet or if you're, however you're streaming it, you can get an idea of the content that's relevant to them in the areas that they most want to, to find out more about. I mean, so certainly for the summit, we had very similar measurement um, 
in place so we had a number of people that came into the community site the duration that they were on the site click-throughs to relevant content um, average viewing time location so in lots of ways there's probably better metrics from virtual events than there are in in-person events because just because people are in a room you can't necessarily gauge what they're doing with information or taking away with it from them with I completely agree the possibilities in regards to technology nowadays is endless completely yeah. So where do you think it's going next? I mean, are you seeing things, uh, trends shift in the type of projects that you're working on? Um, are people asking for new different things or are we still trying to shift on old ways into new ways of producing events? I think where it's going, it's going to go hybrid. I mean, I definitely think so. Absolutely. I definitely think face-to-face -face should should come back for us in a certain sense um but i know that already we're getting jobs booked in for hybrid events next year uh so there's one where it's a 700 person event mm. in Prague that is adamant is going to go ahead and then they are streaming the whole event with a live remote panel um two weeks later so you are hitting so many different audiences wow. and that and you could be hitting complete like that's not just in regards to your audiences, I mean, you could be looking at budget as well. So imagine if it was hitting like a 4,000 person event and you need to get people all into the UK, say, mm -hmm. but these are all worldwide, then you've just, the possibilities are just endless with a hybrid. And I think that live environment does, you know, real live events, it's, it is great. It's a great experience, but I think the virtual will, will be here to stay as well. So I think that's where we'll be going is definitely hybrid. Yeah. Now, when we talk about hybrid, how do you guys define hybrid? I mean, for me, it's about um, having your physical event, but having an element or a way of making it more accessible to a wider community. How are you, is that the right definition Absolutely. of a hybrid event? Okay. Yeah, that's what we would say. So, when you, you in that example you've just shared with us, with this one that you're working on, they've got a, a physical event one day, and then they're live streaming two weeks later. It's quite a gap, isn't it? There's quite a gap. So what they're doing is they are doing the full conference to 700 people. Um, and then we will obviously record and do like a full edit of the whole day of the conference. And then we're streaming it out and then they're having a live panel session so that people can still ask questions over the day. It doesn't need to do that. That's our, that's one of our biggest ones that we've got booked in for next year mm. um, currently. But you can stream it straight away. We've done events before before coronavirus where it was hybrid, where we did do virtual and we streamed it live to different like places for their yeah. like different offices across across the globe. Um, we're really fortunate that we've already had that in place, but it is doable and it's manageable as mm. well. For an internal communications team who perhaps maybe are a handful of people, but for, for the mainstay, they've done a lot and produced a lot of internal events. Now, like as you're saying, the shift to hybrid uh, events I think that's going to be increasing at least we're hearing from community members that that's likely to stay because of its accessibility to more people across um, locations what do you think they need to be thinking about internally in terms of upskilling their own teams uh, where should be the first place to go you know that we're not necessarily all event producers but where where would they start what do you recommend I think at the to begin with you need to start looking at your channels and you need to think how they work well together. Like if we see the return of live events or we're going to go hybrid way, it's about how they can support extending 
that reach and extending to the rest of that company um, and making sure that the messages are portrayed how they are anticipated, how they're wanting to be portrayed. I think, you know, it's it's just got to be focused. You've got to know, I think, as well, especially if we're going to go hybrid. Mm. Um, so the virtual side here, you've got to be up to date with the latest technology. Um, that would be my first piece there. You need to know how it works. I mean, like, for Simply Summit, we green screened in from one of our London studios, which was great. And June looked fantastic. That was, was so cool. The conversation we had on social. For those of you who didn't attend the Simply Summit, we had June Salpong, TV presenter and diversity and inclusion expert, join us from a London studio where she was essentially teleported into our studio in uh, Birmingham, which was just looked amazing. And in fact, so many of our audience didn't even realise that Jenny and June weren't in the same place. But how, like, you'd never get so that. Cool. Like, if, I mean, just look at it like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that would never, ever, like, yeah. be an option. But now it's so easy. I mean, we, like, here we've invested in uh, the extended reality, uh, which is Unreal Gaming System. Um, Ooh, what's and that? that is, it's an Unreal Gaming System. You're talking technology here oh, in regards to terms. Um, but it just makes it look like a full auditorium. If I think if you saw our big talk, that's what we use. Oh, and yes. it's like a massive green screen. But it just automatically, instead of like having for the technical guys having to key out the backdrop, like the backdrop and everything, mm-hmm. um, it just automatically does it for you. So like when you're going into close up of a person that's speaking, mm-hmm. their background changes. So you don't see the full background and then just their like massive face in the middle. It's actually like they're in proportion. Um, and technology wow. nowadays is just phenomenal. Wow. So the big the big things we need to be thinking about, and particularly I'm also thinking for those teams who haven't perhaps got budget to to bring in external support first of all looking at you mentioned looking at your channels um how do they how do they work together being up to date with the latest technology I mean is that I mean obviously we at Simply Communicate produce a lot of content to help people understand what technology is coming down the line in fact we've got an event coming up where we're looking at the latest tech apps um, and creative apps that that can help make internal communicators life easier anywhere else that we could perhaps be going or thinking about for finding out is it just keeping an ear to ground? Ear to ground my uh, biggest advice from my side as a, a like in regards to be doing broadcasts it's the output it's always the output you've got to focus in regards it's great doing you can do all these teams calls etc but there's you want that slick finish and it looks professional and this isn't a costly thing to do it's it's literally a background pip and putting two people's you know teams calls mm. on there or zoom calls whatever you use that these things are not expensive they are like quite simple but they just make it a nicer output people want to watch more yeah and that's great I'm so with that the amount of events we've been to where it's just a series of webinars actually making it an event in itself is is quite something isn't it um I think the other thing I would i probably add to it is don't be afraid of trying new things as well as we did with the summit we I think we used six different technologies and platforms and Mark's got a great phrase that he uses around escaping the technological straitjacket which I think kind of sums up beautifully you know don't be confined to the technologies that you you have and their individual capabilities think about how they can how they can work together yes 
Absolutely, I couldn't agree more with that. So, in a bit quick nutshell, what's the what's what's the um the, what's a day in the life of a virtual event producer like? Where do you if you've got a day you've you've got an event coming up or you've got this the day of an event? What's what's I mean, in your agenda? The, with the virtual producers now, it's a, like a virtual event producer. We are things are much quicker turnaround. So you have to you have to be on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'd say. I mean, you know, you've got client meetings. We, you've, there's a different aspect to everything. So we've got to look at IT meetings. Like, can everyone access what we're streaming? So whether you use Decast or whether you use Vimeo, and like certain areas, we know that Vimeo can't reach to China, so we have to use a different platform. Um, and then you've the digital meetings. You want that user experience as they're going through that, even if it's their registration or whether it's. You know, we've got a virtual environment where they can have an exhibition stand. We need to make sure that, all right, it's not physical and, you know, you haven't got the set designs or anything, but that still needs to be cool. And, you know, make sure people gets people's attention just so they, you know, get the content that is needed and what is wanted. Um, I think broadcast preparation, we do test calls, we do so many things in regards to like vision mixing, sound and audio and you know there's there's just an endless amount on Gosh. a broadcast side that you yeah. do have to double check um and then you have to run a broadcast as well um which is great um I find it to me I think it's one of the best things especially it's like a you actually get that event buzz still when you're running a broadcast um which is great mm. and you just there's so much more I think you probably saw in regards to Simply Summit it sounds awful you watch you do know what's going on on the stage and you you've got your eyes on that but also I think it's it's harder in a way because you have to constantly know what the output's going in right in a live event you'll have several people dotted so say an audience like is in the round say so there's all these different viewpoints that you've got to be considerate of now there's only one viewpoint and that viewpoint has got to be spot on so the viewer will only see the, that one thing and it's you are calling it you are making sure the frames are correct you've got to make sure that it's just a slick and professional output and um, so going back to it keeping that engagement brilliant excellent <laughs> well listen Tor thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today I mean it's a massive topic of conversation for so many of our of our readers and listeners so a, a glimpse into what you do on a day-to-day -day basis is, is is invaluable so thank you and thank you again for your help with the Simply Summit um, if you Oh, it's been a pleasure. Um, for anyone who's who's listening to this, if you would like to find out more about DRP, um, then their website is drpgroup.com. Um, obviously, simply communicate too. If there's, we we help our community members and uh, teams produce their own internal events. So if we can help in any way as well, um, get in touch at simply-communicate.com. Otherwise, Tor, thank you again. Uh, good luck and we look forward to working with you next year. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.